Yo, what is up? Welcome to the Street Gospel Podcast. I'm your host, Dave One. And this is episode number... Yo, Cam, what episode is this? Episode number 73. So uh, if you saw episode number 72, it was with Josiah O'Neill. I mean, the dude was telling the truth. And uh, the crazy thing about him is he's like, look, you got to tell the truth about everything. Because if you really love people, you're going to tell them the truth. And so he kept it 100. I know there was a, probably a lot of feelings hurt out there, but I, I mean, realistically, he was telling stuff that was on point. I mean, you might not have liked it. It might not be, uh, you know, cool in the culture, but he was telling the truth. And, and, and I believe him. He's, it's a culture war out here, and uh, he's fighting back. So he's on the front line. So I appreciate that dude coming out, man. He's running for Congress again in, uh, in I forgot what district. But check him out, Josiah O'Neill, episode number 72. And like always, if you like a podcast, please subscribe, share it. Uh, make sure you tell somebody about the podcast, man. That's the only way uh, this podcast is going to grow is if you guys let somebody know and spread the word out there. But anyways, we got a whole a, a guy here today, a guest. I mean, you know, I had to look for a little banger, so I... I I put a, I put out a West Coast banger right here. You know, I always play like a nice little beat for my guests. And uh, I'm happy that this dude came out, man. He's been making the rounds for a couple of podcasts. But, uh, you know, he had to come through to the Street Gospel Podcast because uh, that's how we do it here. But uh, this guy right here, he's uh, a believer. He's a father. He's a speaker now. A toy collector. And uh, you probably, he's a, he's a producer but you probably know him best as an actor. I mean, he's been in over 100 films, TV shows, commercials. I mean, almost 30 years in the game of acting. He's made a living out of it. He's the first dude from the hood, really. I mean, everybody is the actor somebody now, right? But this guy's the one that started it. The actor. Give it up, everybody, for Mr. Noel G. What's up, brother? What up? What up? What up? What up? You got me. You got me wanting to watch episode seventy-two, bro. <laughs> I'm like, who is this cat? Let me let me meet him, dude. Uh, that dude. I mean, no, I like it. I like anyone who drops heat and fire like that because that's he didn't hold back. That that's that's the way. I love him already, bro. Yeah, just, he, he just didn't the hold intro, back. just the introduction got me alone. You know what I'm saying? I, I like cats like that. That. uh don't hold back. Give it raw, real gritty, because that's what I'm about, you know. So yeah, um, man, I'm I'm not mad at the dude. You know what I mean? I actually want to go back and watch podcast number seventy two. <laughs> I mean, the, dude, the dude's down. I mean, he's he's legit, dude. I I was uh, I was like, man, this guy ain't holding back. I mean, he talked about everything: politics, church, the culture war, uh, everything, man. That's, so that's, that's the way to be, straight up. I've been noticing you. You've been not that you weren't always. But you've been a little bit out, a little bit more outspoken lately about things, about the culture, about fighting back against the enemy, spiritual wise, and 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 in the in the flesh wise too. Just standing up, man. What's that all about? No, that's why I like that cat. That's what I'm saying, man. You know, I got a saying in life right now, and my saying is, 
You're going to hate me for two reasons and two reasons only. One, because I was too truthful with you and you couldn't handle it. Mm. Or number two, you just came up with your own reason on why you hate me. Because I'm telling people <laughs> straight up what the truth is also as well. I don't care anymore. Um, and on the one thing, I just want to correct this two seconds. You know when he said toy collector? I just want to make sure they know it's a collectible toys. Okay. So <laughs> Just so they, no, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> They're like, what kind of toys he collecting? What's up? Like, all right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm not saying like, like yeah. No, but, I know, I know. I just wanted to clear okay. that smoke real quick so, so they know. So you're, like, you're more a Frankenstein's type of guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, it's it's so sure. Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Terminator, you know, movie props, Fast and Furious stuff, stuff like that. Stuff but, that's worth money. Yeah. Not yeah, just yeah. any random, like. Bratz doll or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm talking about collectible toys. You know, it's I, I, I bad. I know it's all good. It's all love. I just wanted to, you know, correct that little. You know what I mean? But it was uh, no. It's crazy how that started, man. But that's a long story. But anyways, yeah, it's just collectible toys. Anyways, I just wanted to say that. Okay, two cents real quick. I got, like, I got you. Collectible toys. Yeah, yeah. I'll let, I'll I let, mean, I'll let their minds run. Don't I worry that, about. I it. had that Kobe. Yeah, know, I spotted it, bro. I was there. like, I was like, I was about to make an offer on that thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. I mean, that's. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think I'm gonna keep that one. I'm man. like, you gotta look that up, bro. I'll make an offer and see what's up. <laughs> so, like I said, man, you've been a little bit more uh, outspoken. You you've been in Hollywood for a long time, and in the realm of Hollywood. Uh, that doesn't always fly, right? Nah, nah, nah. They, they, uh, you know, Hollywood has taught me one thing. I'm going to tell you straight up what it taught me. It taught me that if you don't know someone personally or you were not involved in the situation personally, you don't know a damn thing straight Mm. up. All you got is an opinion of whatever it is you got an opinion of, of what was put out on front street. If you don't know someone personally or were not involved in the situation personally, you honestly don't know a damn thing. One of the perks that I got about being, and I call it Hollywood, just so we're clear, is that, you know, I've been able to see a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And I'm like, that's not really what it is. And that's why even to be honest with you, like even when you see podcast interviews, uh, you know, the news, magazine articles, whatever it is, I don't believe nothing no more until I see it personally or was involved in the situation personally because... The bottom line is, if you don't know someone like that or were involved like that, you don't know who's telling the truth or what. True. Everybody could come on a podcast and say what they say and act good on Front Street, but behind the curtains, if you really know the deal, you find out, like, hey, you're not really what you spoke about or whatever. But the only one who would know that is the people who know them personally or involved in the situation personally. So Hollywood got me stuck on this new thing because I've been seeing so many people on Front Street where, you know, I even screenshotted a, a text the other day. That was a, it was a, on someone's uh, Instagram and it was like, they hate seeing so many people praise these fake people because they put on such a good show, <laughs> but they know that behind the scenes, they're not what they're speaking about. You know what I mean? Right. And so that's why I'm just, I'm on a heater right now. Like I really don't care, man. Like I consider myself the Tupac of Christianity cause I just don't care anymore. So that's why I say, you know, I'm, I'm tired of conservative preaching. I'm tired of safe preaching. I'm like, man, if I'm going to hurt your feelings out here, I'd rather hurt your feelings out here, but in a tough, loving way at the same time, rather than what your feelings are going to be like when you're in hell. You know what I mean? Mm. And if you can't handle your feelings out here on earth, then imagine how you're going to feel in hell, all because I let you think your feelings were leading you right or correctly or let you think that you're, you know, right. And what what I've learned, bro, I don't care if you say something. I could say something polite. Very courteous, soft-spoken, very generously, 
the nicest way I could have ever said it. And it doesn't matter. The truth, period, is still going <laughs> to offend someone. No matter how you said it's it. true. Whether you said it nicely, politely, generously, soft-spoken, very, like, you know, just very soft and very, like, you know, in a loving way, the truth is going to cut no matter what. And I'm just at a point where and that's why I say, like, I just don't care anymore, bro. And And the way that I mean that is, I don't care, but I care, but I don't care. You know what I mean? And, and, and people understand that they do. If they don't, they don't. But my point in saying that is I've just been so truthful lately because, I mean, the devil ain't holding back. I ain't holding back, and I just don't care. And that's why I let people know what they're getting on Front Street. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. imagine if someone was just to come out and say this straight up. You know, I started A, B, and C because I want to see all of you guys suffer. I want control, and I want all the money, and I'm greedy. And the reason why I did that is because, yes, I want to see all you guys suffer, and my plan is to kill all of you slowly, ruin your spirit, and just destroy all of you. I would at least respect that, man, because you know what you're getting. You know what I mean? But the devil will lie on Front Street and come in deceitful, and but at least it's like, damn, bro, like... That, that guy is like a straight-up cold-hearted person and really wants destruction for the world. <laughs> but at least he told us straight up what his plan right. is. So I got to respect him for that at least. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not going to mess with you, though. At least I know what I'm getting. And and now it's like, man, you just don't know what you're getting with people until you really personally know them. And that's what I'm stuck on lately, man, because like I said, man, I've been, um, you know, I'm not Kevin Hart of the Rock, but I've been in places where I've been able to see behind the scenes in churches. And if people knew what, you know, happens behind the scenes in some of these churches, I, I doubt they would even attend. I've seen some of the movies that have been made and what goes on behind the scenes there. And if they knew some of the stuff that's behind the scenes of the movies that are being made, I doubt they would watch the movie and support it the way they're supporting the movie. You know, I'm talking about godly movies, too, that are pushing. Right. So there's, like, a bad side of me that, like, I want the movie to do good because I know what the purpose is and what it could do for a lot of people. But because of I know, but because I know the people behind the scenes personally, the bad side of me wants the movie to suck and do horrible because I don't want to see the you know bad people prosper wrongly. But then the good side of me wants it to do good for what I know. That, you get what I'm saying? Like, I get you. I'm in this catch twenty two, bro. Like, I just don't care anymore. That's the best way I can say. I, it. I mean, do you? I'm on a whole other page right now. Do you worry about not getting roles? I, I can this? care less, bro, because, you know. When because there's a lot of actors that, can, that, that don't speak out, right? I'm sure you yeah, met yeah. them on set and they probably go, I believe the same way you I, you believe, but I, I don't want to speak they out. They keep it low-key. They keep it low-key because they're like, I don't want to put my faith out there like that because they're just, some will be like, you know, I don't want to be known like that yet. I'm not ready yet, I, you know, but yeah. I think the real – and I get it, man. There's – Man, this podcast can go on for hours, bro. But straight up, you got, you know, different people, different reasons. You know, right. straight up, straight out. Everyone has their own reason of why this, why that. And that's why I say when you hear all these people personally and you hear this story, that story, that story, that story, this reason, that reason, that reason, it just, you don't got the time that makes you crazy. And everybody will say like, well, you know, my business is to act. My business is not to share my personal opinion or my faith of who I am or who I'm not. I'm just here to act and do a job. You know, then other people will be like, yeah, man, like, I'm an actor and I like to put it out there because I like to use my platform for A, B, and C. Other people are like, you know, man, I got my faith and I'm a Christian, but I just don't want people to know that I'm a Christian. You know, so you question all these things and you hear people's reasons and this and that. And the only way you know them for real is if you know them personally once again. You know what I'm saying? To know, like, nah, 
I see why you're hiding. I see why you don't put yourself on front street. I see why you use your platform to use your platform for what you have a platform for. All these different things, man. And that's why, you know, it's so important that people know God themselves. Because if you don't know what God is telling you and you directly, you, you, you might end up in a hole because you didn't know what God was telling you directly right. because of the presentation and because of the person you're listening to. You think, oh, my God, that guy's so anointed. That girl or that guy is the best person ever. Like, look what they got. Look who they are. and Look how they present themselves. What they have to say is right. But really, it's not right because you don't know God's word to know right from wrong. And you follow the word of a person instead of God himself. You know what I mean? And that's why Please. you went the, right, the wrong direction. So... I don't worry about it, and I, and the reason why I don't worry about it is because, I'll just say this real quick, I always tell people this, man, it's funny, like, when Jesus was going from town to town to town, city to city to city with his disciples, to go minister the word of God, one of the disciples asked him, hey, Jesus, if we're walking, and I'm just talking ghetto, he didn't say it like this, but I'm just, the guy give the ghetto away, right? He's like, hey, Jesus, if we're going from here to there to there to there, and we're going farther away from home, how are we going to eat? Where are we going to sleep? And Jesus told them straight out, don't worry about it. Don't you know that God takes care of a bird in the air and you're more important than a bird? So the point that he's making there is if God's going to take care of a bird, don't worry about it. He's going to take care of you because a person is more important than a bird. So that's why I don't care if I lose roles in Hollywood and all this. I got to just go all in and I'm talking the way I talk because if I lose my career or whatever it is that I lose, I got to just trust God to know that he's going to take care of me more than a bird. So I'll be taken care of. I'll be all right. I, I I like that perspective, man. And I think that coming from somebody that could make a lot of chips, make more money than the average dude out here in the street by getting roles, I think you have a lot more to lose. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's people that have, like, low-paying jobs, and they're worried about their boss finding out that they're preaching online or something like that. You know what I mean? Or they post something that they're – against abortion or whatever it may be right and then they they're afraid that but i think when you have more to lose i think people tend to be like i'm not gonna say anything because i got a lot more to lose right Uh, an nba player or an an actor or something like that well the problem is this 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 is what i learned too man a lot of people don't speak up the way that they really want to speak up to the people that they need to speak up to because they look at that person as the connection man or the person who could get me a job Oh, man, so if I say anything that's going to offend them, then they ain't going to hire me. I ain't going to get the position. I ain't going to get the raise. I ain't going to get the, you know what I mean? When you might need to say what you say because you might make that person look at something from a whole different perspective and you might have awoken them or awake them or whatever, and they might like you that much more because you're the one person who didn't join the flock of everyone else. You know what I mean? Right. That's why, like, you know, God has you there for a reason, bro. And the more that you know God's word, God himself says use strategy and wisdom. So you just got to have wisdom and strategy, and God will let you know when to speak, when not to speak, who to speak to, how to speak to, you know, who or whatever you're saying it to. And that's one thing that I learned, man, is sometimes I'll just hear people out. And and, and sometimes you don't have to release the word of God right away. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can just give people some wisdom, but later down the line, there's some people I've known for six months before I even mentioned the word of God because I don't got to mention the word of God. Right. You know what I mean? It's you're, just, you're, you're, they could tell. They could tell. There's something different. And later, and it's more powerful when they come to you and say, yo, what's up with you, man? Like, I don't I don't really get you. It's like, you really want to know? I you, agree. You, you, you really want to know? Come with me to Starbucks tomorrow and I'll tell you what's up. No, nah, I think I think that's, uh, 
That, that's the best thing. I mean, that's that's setting the example, letting your light shine without having to say a word. And then the people come up to you and ask you. Then that means they're really intrigued by your life and see something different. And what's happening now, bro, is, you know, the way I was taught is people need shock treatment. They need to be thrown off the horse like Paul was straight up, straight out. And we're not throwing too many people off the horse because of feelings, sensitivity. We're letting things glide as they glide, letting it be whatever. And what happened in this world is we lost the foundation of God, the discipline. And because we lost those things and we got a lot more loose because of people's feelings, that's why we got the chaos we got today. I mean, it's wild. It's wild out there. Are you encouraged by, you know, I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen it yet, but like Sound of Freedom. It was it was produced and, and, and a lot of actors were believers I, I'm in there. I'm surprised Mel Gibson ain't dead yet, bro. You know what I mean? But I, I love I love movies. Our like, gym. I, yeah, our gym, right? right? One, one of the two, bro. I, I like movies like that, bro, straight up, straight out, because I like raw, gritty, and real. You know what I'm saying? But, like, it, I mean, it's over $100 million. I uh, mean, that's that's. I mean, I don't know what the budget was, but it probably wasn't that much. Right? I, I don't know the budget either. Like, but $100 million is still $100 million, right? I mean, it's not like it's Jurassic Park or, or some Avatar where they spend $100 million just to make it. I doubt it they it, spend that much. It, it depends, man, because, you know, movies, it, it's like... It depends on the type of movie. You it know still what I mean? did if well. You're making, if you're There's making, no way. if you're making Star Wars, you can't make Star Wars no. for a million dollars. No, you're gonna need yeah, 10, yeah, 20 yeah. million. Of course. If you make just boy, to start. Boys in the Hood, a million's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it just depends on what type of movie you're making. So I don't know the budget thing like that. But what I like about that movie is how effective it was for the Kingdom of God. So I love pushing stuff like yeah. that. You know, but I like movies. I like movies like Hacksaw Ridge, Machine Gun Preacher. I like the raw, yeah. gritty ones. You know what I'm saying? I, right. I love uh, Kirk Cameron for his purpose, but I, those movies don't catch my heart. Yeah, those movies. But, you those know, movies were bad. Because well, I, they weren't bad. I mean, they just. I think fireproof. No, no. I'm, ta- I'm talking about. I'm talking about this. Well, this is how I say. It, I, right? No, I, I get what you're saying. You can't. He had the right heart. It. Well, no. This, maybe, maybe this will help you understand. Right? All right. That's how I'm saying it. I can't knock someone else. Who was told something by God and obedient to God, okay. doing what God told them to do. Right. If it's bringing people to the kingdom of God. Okay. I but that's you. not my lane that I'm going to be in to come to the kingdom of God through no, that no, no. avenue. No, I, I get what you're saying. I, I have the same feelings about yeah. like tr- different churches, right? There's some right. churches. A little too I, conservative. I just won't vibe with. Right. They're doing, they have a good, a good purpose. There's people that are saved. They go to that church. It's a good thing, but it's not my vibe. And I, God bless you guys, but this is not for me. I'm, you know, this is more my lane. Exactly. Okay, I got you. Yeah. But they're still doing a good and that, work. And that, yeah, that's how I, so, so what okay. I'm saying is, everyone who's brought to the kingdom of God through their purpose, whether it be conservative or unconservative, edgy or not edgy, things like this, I'm cool with that right. because I can't knock another man being obedient to God. Yeah, yeah. That's that's his cup of tea, but I it ain't you. my cup of tea. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm encouraged though. I, I think I uh, want to make movies that are like 95% worldly with a 5% Jesus Christ knockout punch <laughs> at the end. That those are the type of movies I want to so make because I believe a real movie, a real raw gritty movie. Right. So I, that's why I was giving examples. Machine Gun Preacher. Okay, love that movie, bro. Hacksaw Ridge, another one. Sound of Freedom, another one. You know, these are movies that were like real, and I think that's what people need nowadays. You yeah. know, real and I. And even God himself, man, says he doesn't operate off of feelings. You know what I mean? Because your feeling will put you in the wrong place or could have you do the wrong thing. It's the choice that overrides the feeling. So my thing is, bro, like, I do have a feeling for people. But what I've been... 
kind of learning lately is that if I see someone, it, it's kind of crazy, right? So, like, let me give a small example. If there's a girl and she goes, oh, my God, I found my dream boy. And, you know, I've never had love like this before. And this right. is right. And they're loving each other. <laughs> but they're all loving each other in sin. I can't be excited for that. Right. Because I know that it's being done the wrong way. So as I get to know her or him, show that I care, later I let them know strategically, in time, taking time, hey, maybe you guys should try it God's way. Right. Because the path that you guys are going down might lead into a dark hole. Yeah. It's just hard, you know, but but then you don't want to be that dude. No, I get it. You don't want to be that dude who says something then and there. (laughs) Because then you're the bad guy. How could you ruin my happiness? This is the first time I've ever been happy in my life. Right. But you're happy the wrong way. Okay, so this, me and my wife run into this problem. We, we teach a marriage class. Right. There'll be couples that come. And, and we're like, hey, great, nice to meet you. Oh, so you guys are married. No, we're not married. Okay. And then we get to know them. And then they're like, well, we're living together. And we get to a point in the class, you know, it's like six weeks, where we have to say, listen, <laughs> it's not good. If you love each other, then just get married and make it right. Right? It, it, it's not it's it's not biblical. And I'm saying this because I love you, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat around the bush. And then sometimes I'll go, well, we are saving money, you know, because we want to have this big extravagant wedding, right? And it's and it, it, it's well, how long is that gonna take? Oh, probably like in six to eight months. And I'm saying, So you're gonna live in sin another six to eight months when you know it's wrong. Just get married, just go to the court, get your paperwork. And then save up for the for the big shebang later. But you got to get them saved first. No, no. I, but I get supposedly I get they're saved though. That's oh, what I'm yeah, saying. No, I get they it, might I get be it, new right. converts or something like that, right? right? right but right. they come to the marriage class and they're like, "There's all these factors that come into play." You know, but it's you like got, when they, someone you, gets saved, they don't need to hear what their sins are then and no, there. No, no. You just they just need love at that time. I agree. I, it's like the old saying where you say, um, "Don't go to church to change. Just go to church and let." God change you. I agree. You know, so I, I get it, bro. Well, I get it. Well, just, I, you know, we're, every we're, story we're, got we're a delicate. different. Yeah, every of course, every story got a different element. Yeah, you know, I get it. I get it. So, so your story. I, I heard your story. You came to the Lord as a young guy, and then kind of fell away from that because of the acting deal. Not kind of. I did. <laughs> just, be, just be. Yeah. I. Um, the short story is, I was saved at fifteen. First time ever hearing about God. Hollywood kicked off. Made a lot of money. Saw the short skirts and the party and said, thanks, God, for giving what I need. Don't need you no more. And then in uh, 2007, uh, God pulled a sneak attack on me. I was on Warner Brothers set. Met this man of God. And uh, it was funny because we were talking for like three hours. Didn't mention a word of God. We were talking about sports, Hollywood, you know, sets, movie sets, stuff like that. Just normal talk. And then at the end of the three hours, he just prayed for me out of nowhere. It came out of left field. We didn't say one. He didn't say one word about God. And he just prayed for me out of nowhere. And I ain't going to front. You know, I'm just being uh, up front here. I cried. I was like, just hit me out of left field because at that time I was going through some stuff anyways. And he was truly a light in the dark. You know, I saw something in him that I didn't see in people of the world. And long story short, we became friends. He led me to the Lord, turned my life over to God in 2008. And then uh, that's where my whole life turned around. And really, man, I tell people like this, bro. When you really get to know God, there's only one reason why I really follow God, believe in God, and uh, tell people to follow God and know God. 
It's because when you really get to know God, he just makes sense. It's that simple. He just makes sense. And when I when I got saved, I had a thousand questions, bro. You know, if I drink, is it a sin? If I smoke weed, is it a sin? If I have sex, is it a sin? Why is it a sin? Am I going to hell because of this, going to hell because of that? I had a thousand questions, bro. Those were just three of a thousand. I, I had question after question. Even when I heard messages, you know, on um, stage, I, I would I would go up to the preacher dude if I had the chance and be like, hey, when you said one time I was in um, church, and I'll be real, I didn't understand at the time. One time I got pissed off. And I, I cussed. I ain't going to lie in my head. I cussed. I was like, F this guy. Like, he said, good people are going to hell. And I didn't understand it at the time. Like, what the hell you mean good people are going to hell? I, so I, I had, the, I had, the, um, I had the, the luck of going out to dinner with them after. Uh, it was like 10 of us, you know. And I was just kind of like hating on this dude. And I, and I told him, I said, hey, bro, I said, you said something on stage that I wasn't really a fan of. And I, I just want to keep it up front with you. And I, I said, you said good people are going to hell. And I go, what, what the heck do you mean by that, bro? I go, what do you mean good people are going to hell? I go, that doesn't, that don't make sense to me. And then he broke it down, and I heard the reason, and it's about the relationship with God, et cetera, et cetera. And, the way, and I was like, I never heard it that way. And, and long story short, these are the things, when I had all these thousand questions and was hearing the answers and was opening up my heart to, like, instead of getting angry, instead of judging, or instead of, you know, being ignorant, I said, because I always tell people the stupidest question is the one you do not ask. Right. If you don't know something, ask. So I would ask. I want to know everything, right? <laughs> and uh, I went in deep. I was asking this, that, 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 and the other. And when I would hear the answers, I would be like, that makes sense. And, you know, you would hope that when people grow up, they get more mature. As they grow, you would hope that. And that's what happened to me, bro. I got more mature. I got more wise. I said, let me listen. Let me open up my heart to what, you know, people are saying right. and, and the reasons of why and what. And as I heard all the godly answers, I was like, that makes sense to me, bro. And then I would ba- and then they would back it up with scripture. And I would be like, you know what? And that's why I say what I say. The only reason why I choose God, follow God, want to know more of God it's because when you really know God, it's as simple as this. He just makes sense. Mm. And that's it. That's real, man. When you were when you were 15, I always ask everybody this. Did you have an encounter with God? Did you truly, did he really touch your life? Because when that guy prayed with, with you years later, it seems like you felt that again and remembered that initial encounter. And, well, I, and I always say, and you worked with a lot of young kids in church that that need to have that encounter right not just come to church because their parents brought them to church but really have an encounter right one 100 um i had that encounter because it was the first time in my life that i saw order and structure in a home they took me into their house and i i lived in a house that was a little out of order you know my parents live by good morals don't steal don't lie come home when the you know, when it's dark, you know, they live by good morals. You know what I mean? But there was no God in our home. We weren't going to church. We weren't, my mom claimed she was a Catholic, but we never went to, you know, church, even Catholic (laughs) church. Um, I went to Catholic school that they put me in when I was younger, but that only lasted like a year. Um, Got hit with the paddle too, the whole deal. But uh, long story short, when I went in this home, he would do Bible studies in the living room. And I remember he pulled out this big chart. And he would have this chart and he would teach us about God, tell us the Noah's Ark story, 
the you know the one where they were building the tower right everything all the stories you know the story of job and, and paul and everything and i was just intrigued by the stories when he had the chart but at the same time i ain't gonna lie though i was just listening paying attention because i wanted a roof over my head you know what i'm saying so i was kissing butt a little bit too because i was so happy to have a home again but it was the first time that i saw structure in a house is what i'm so saying a seed Order. was planted a seed was planted and um, I can honestly say that I did have God at 15. I felt God. I felt the presence of God, was living in the presence of God, seeing the order of God, seeing, you know, love of God, all that stuff. So I did have a real encounter. But when Hollywood kicked off, I went from nothing to bling bling overnight. I, you know, I, it was like hitting the lottery, bro, straight up. And I just, I lost my marble. And I was out there wilding out. How old were you when you, when you hit, hit Like 16 big. when the money started flushing in hard. And then, you know, I didn't have my parents. They weren't my parents. I started doing my own thing. I had my driver's license at that time. And that's where I just started acting a fool, got involved with the wrong people. I met my homie uh, that started kind of ganging me up, teaching me how to shave my head, wear my pants. I slowly got gangsterized. (laughs) You know, they were teaching me how to slang drugs and rob houses and steal cars. And we were doing it all. So you were do acting and doing that? Yeah, at the same, same time. time. Same time. And what was the what was the motivation to do the bad stuff? Just not, to be not, a part not, of something? Not not having money. No, not having money. I was mm. I was out there we were making crooked money. We were doing all kinds of things. The first time I ever never did a crime in my life was in 2001 when I did Fast and the Furious. When I did Fast and the Furious, I never stole again, did any type of crime again, nothing. I went cold turkey. The money turkey was good? Because don't make me tell you my bank story. No, no. So, um, yeah, the money. I had so much money. It was so weird. I couldn't even steal a pack of gum because that's how convicted I felt. <laughs> I couldn't even steal a sticker bar. And before Fast and the Furious, I was stealing sticker bars, packs of gum left and right, drinks left and right. How were you? You know? Uh, when that came out, I don't know, man. You're still pretty young, right? Yeah, I was twenty. I was. So you're 20. in the early twenties. So the, 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 let me tell you the bank story, and I'll make it super short. So before Fast and the Furious, <laughs> I worked all kinds of nine to five jobs. I worked Burger King, Olive Garden, Denny's, KB Toy Store. So no LG Toys was a Rush. regular guy. I, uh, yeah, no, we're all regular people, even in Hollywood. <laughs> I'm still regular, but I was working all kinds of nine to five jobs. Went to the same bank for eight years. I can't even make this story up. This is up, and people with money know that this is true. So, and you don't, you wouldn't know this if you didn't make that type of money straight out because it didn't happen to you because I was there. I was working um, all kinds of odd nine to five jobs, right? Going to the same bank for eight years, depositing my check like any other customer. Fast and the Furious hits, get paid. First time in eight years this happens to me. I go to the bank like any other day, deposit my check. The lady at the window goes, you have a financial advisor? I said, no. She goes, you should go on the back and talk to a financial advisor. I said, all right, cool. I go on the back. Bank manager comes over, says, hey, how you doing? I'd just like to introduce myself. I'm the bank manager here. Anything you need, this is the assistant bank manager here. They give me their spiel for like 10, 15 minutes. And I was like, I listened to them. And then I looked at all of them. And I said, all you guys are funny. I go, you guys know I've been coming to this bank for eight years and not once have any of you come out the woodworks to say hello or say anything. And now I'm depositing a fat check and now you guys all want to come out the woodworks and say what's up. I go, F all you guys, man. I go, put my money in the bank and I'm out. And I never forget, bro. I left the bank that day and I go, that's how the world is, bro. That's hilarious, dude. It's crazy though, right? So that's a true story. I can't even make that up. So that's what happened to me. 
And because I was depositing a fat check, and I, I just had, I went from like nothing to something overnight. And you were being recognized everywhere you went. Uh, not then. I, not I was not yet. Uh, not yet. I was recognized after the movie came out. After, yeah, that's what I'm saying. After yeah, the yeah. movie came out, you were being be yeah. recognized. So then, I bet you got a lot of treatment. And then at that time, yeah, training day popped off, and and then it was funny, dude, because I make a joke, right? I was struggling my whole life trying to make money to pay for stuff, and then you get known. Everyone wants to give you everything for free, <laughs> except the house. Except the house. Uh, that, that's what I hear. When that's, you, when that's you make hilarious. a little bit of money, everybody wants to give you stuff for free. Uh, it's uh, not when you make a little bit of money when your face <laughs> is known. <laughs> when your, when your face, face is known. known, yeah. Okay, so training day. I mean, definitely, I think that was when I first really, really recognized, okay, this guy's kind of blowing up now. And then th- you kind of started a trend. After that, of of other, let's say hood, legit. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, le- I'm not the first one, man. I give credit to a lot of people well, out I there. Think, who I think I popped. Mean, who, I mean, Denny, I was one De- of the I Denny was, Trejo. I was one of the, fami- the first one, Emilio right? Rivera. I was one of the yeah. familiar faces. Right. I think you. Yeah. I think you came out, and even uh, uh, the other guy in that in Training Day, um, uh, Raymond Cruz, Cliff, uh, Cliff Curtis. Yeah, the one, the the, yeah. the Raymond Cruz guy, right? The, yeah. The one push it, you know. Yeah. Whatever that guy, right? I say push your poop in. Yeah, that guy. So yeah. that guy was around for a while too. I I yeah. seen him, but I think I think you started the trend of letting guys know, like, hey, I they can be an actor, right? I think they. I well, mean, we had a company, and that's a long story too, man. We had a company called Suspect Entertainment where we were authenticating the bad guy Latinos that were in movies because. Wait, wait, wait. how were you authenticating? This? Because what happened? Paperwork. Was, I was, no, like, uh, well, that too, yeah. We were actually signing probation and parole slips, real talk, because we had a company. And um, what happened was uh, I did this movie one time, and uh, they brought in these Latino guys to play uh, our gang backup people. Okay. Not bad people at all in any way, shape, or form. They just look like Mexican surfers. So we went up to the director, me and a friend of mine, and we said, hey, look, we just want to do one thing. Let us bring some of our homeboys from our neighborhood and look at what you guys hired. And all we want you to do is just look at who we brought, look at who you hired, and you make the decision of who you want to be the uh, the background. They looked at our guys and they were like, okay, cool. And they put all the other guys like cross the street and sit at the bench. And our guys ended up being the gang members behind us because it was the real deal, right? Right. So we started hooking homies up and putting them in movies and stuff. What ended up happening is uh, one day we were on a set and the extra casting director visited set because what they would do is they would call me and my boy Manuel and they would say, uh, hey, we need 10 gangsters for background and, you know, can you guys know something? We're like, yeah, we know. So we call them up quick. Want to be in a movie? Want to get paid quick? Easy money. So they all come, whatever. So we started developing a reputation in Hollywood. So what ends up happening was one day we were on a set, though, and this is where the light bulb went off. The extra casting director was on set with us eating lunch, and the director was sitting right there, and the director said to the extra casting director right in front of all of us, goes, oh, my God, you did such a great job. All these guys you got, they look so great. They look so real. Like, I can't believe what you did. Thank you so much. And me and my homeboy were looking at each other like, hold up, we did that. We're the one who made all the calls. And so we found out we cut out the middle person. We could get the big paycheck along with hooking all these homies up. So we started a company called Suspect Entertainment. 
And what we were doing is we were taking homies out of prison, off the streets, and we were slapping them in movies. So the way that they would bring in cops to be cop consultants to get the cop. Right. This is how you hold the gun. This is how you wear the gun. This is how the proper code and whatever. Right. We were gang consultants for movies. That's dope. And, that, and we were getting paid, bro. And But the company, and we were all over the place, bro. We were real popular. We were on, you know, 2020, 60 Minutes. We were on the news. We were in all magazines, People Magazine, like... In between 2000 and 2005, we had a run. We were, like, all over the place. Like, all of the gangsters who were in um, TV shows and movies were pretty much out of our company. And legit. And legit. And, we, th- and think, we would weed them out. You know what I mean? Because I think when you, when, when you come from the neighborhood and you watch shows, like, right away, you're like... Yeah, I know. Exactly. This, this guy's not real. And that's why we would this bring... This guy's not real. And that's why we would bring the real deal. But we had a bunch of knuckleheads. The company went to crap. We had too many chiefs in the hen house. We were a bunch of gangsters who didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know how to run a company. Um, the way I say it, true money. No, the way I say it, I messed it up. But this is the way I say it. Real money came in, true hearts came out. Mm. And that's the way I say it because it went to crap. And, uh, you know, then there were homies who gave us the speech. I want to turn my life around. I want to be better. But they would come to set drunk, high, selling weed, selling cocaine on yeah. set, bringing guns, gangbanging on each other, acting a fool. When we gave them a real opportunity to turn their life around, and they would, you know, just trash it. So then we had to go through the vetting process. You know, I had to get to know you before I hire you because I hook you up in this movie. You're making me look bad now, too, because I recommended you. Right. Uh, we, it's just a mess, bro. It's a long story. but So you see, you're saying, say that again? What? The the, the true, true. Oh, we said. Real money comes real, in. Real money came in. True hearts came out. Okay, so how much of that has affected your li- personal life? Because you I, make my, money, all of a sudden you you probably have a lot of friends. I was acting you, a fool, bro. You have family that comes out of nowhere, and hey, I have no family, but you know I, I get what you're saying. Friends came out of nowhere, whatever. But everybody wants to be your friend. Yeah, it, it, it was. I mean, I was wilding out, bro. But I was a giving person because I knew what it was to have nothing, you know. And I was the type of guy like, it's no fun if I'm at the club with my homies and I'm the only one g'd up. They got to be g'd up too. You can't come in with a bunch of you know crackheads. So my thing was, I was a very, I'll tell you how I fixed problems. So I had a lot of money at that time, and I'll just give you a, an idea of how I was. So one of, the, one of the fights that we had the most was no one wanted to drive to the club because they wanted to drink. And everyone always used to complain. You know, every night we went out, I'm not taking my car because I want to drink. Well, I'm not taking my car because I want to drink. I said, all right, I'll fix the problem. Everyone come to my house, I'm a limo, pick us up. Everyone get in the limo, I pay for the limo. Dude, I was spending almost six, seven hundred dollars a week on a limo. That's you add that up, bro. It's three thousand dollars a month just on limo. And I'm not talking about one. I'm talking about Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh man. So yeah, I was spending like six, seven thousand dollars in a month just on limo, just on a limo ride, so everybody can party and have a good time. Is it hard to trust people all day long? Right. That's why I say, you, man. I, I, I assumed you've you've been burned. By- oh, oh, well, come on, dog. Every, yeah. Uh, so. I'll give you my my burning lesson. So what I've learned is don't do business with anybody until you do a heart check and a personality check first. So in the early days when we had the company, I was helping a lot of people be actors when my feet weren't even really wet yet. I was throwing people in the business for free, just out of the kindness of my heart. And I always tell people it's okay to have a good heart, but know how to protect it. That's what I learned. So I was helping people for free. Ah, you're cool. I get you in a movie, whatever. But as I was hooking people up, 
I found out that a lot of people were backstabbing me and two-facing me and talking mess when I'm the one who hooked him up with the job and hooked him up to put him in front of the person that they could have never got in front of. Or even worse, there was people that I would put my blood, sweat, and tears into, take them under my wing, teach them how to get in the game. But when they found out that it wasn't as easy as they thought it would be mm. to make their career happen after one, two years of putting them under my wing, putting my blood, sweat, and tears into them, they would just quit cold turkey and be like, I'm going to go get a job over here, a job. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, bro. I've been working with you for a year, two years, and now you just get a cold turkey quit on me? What? I've been, I've been. So now, fast forward, when someone says help me in acting, I charge them. And I'll tell you why I charge them. Because now I don't care if you backstab me or if you two face me or if you quit on me, got paid for my time. I I feel you on that. And that's why. Because when when you charge somebody, right, they. It adds value. I talk very passionately. I'm sorry, but I'm not mad. And it doesn't doesn't have to be a lot, right? But if you charge somebody, it adds value to what you're you're giving. So so if they they don't show up. If you charge someone, it's like this, bro. If you charge someone, you already know that that person most likely, more likely, is going to take what they're doing serious. Right. And if they don't, who cares? I got paid. (laughs) Well, I put my time into them. Right. Because you ain't getting back time. I, you ain't getting back time. And that's why I don't care anymore. I tell people straight up, like, and that's how I was taught, man. You Listen, some people could be doing a good thing, but not the right, correct thing. If God has put you on a mission, laser-focused mission, and you're doing everybody else's mission, it means that you're not doing your mission that God told you to do. So if you're going to take time out of your mission to go help someone else's mission, make sure that some way, somehow it gets returned back into your own mission. Mm. So you didn't waste your time. And I learned that. I feel you. I learned that from this guy, Coach, who, and not saying that you can only learn this from billionaires, but I'm just making a point who I learned it from. You can learn it from anybody with wisdom. But I there's a, there's a billionaire guy who's a real Christian, real man of God, and he calls himself coach. Reason why he calls himself coach is because he coaches you in the things of the Lord, and he coaches you how to win. He coaches you how to have a business for kingdom business. He owns a packaging company. You probably have some stuff in your house from his company, to be real. You got Pringles in here? You have Energizer batteries? Yeah, String cheese, cornflakes? His packaging company packages that. So your energizers that you have is from his packaging company. He's a Crazy. billionaire. Crazy. So you have stuff in your own house from his company. I'm sure you do. But this is what he does, though. He packages Pringles, all that. So he says, my business is out there, but where am I? I'm in a room doing a seminar teaching all you guys about God. So he teaches kingdom business. And one thing that he says is there's a difference between focused and laser focused. An unguided missile is less effective than a guided missile. So what I've learned is God put me on a mission, bro. And if I'm going to detour that mission here, there, there, anywhere else, I'm going to make sure that it feeds back into my mission. And if it doesn't, I ain't got time for it. Mm. Mm. I like that, man. I think, I think because people don't value their time. People give up their mission, their calling to fulfill somebody else's calling right and miss out on theirs i wanted to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by elevate ministries elevate ministries is an authentic passionate and innovative church in the heart of orange county california 
They strive to make their services welcoming and encouraging by intentionally engaging you in all senses to stimulate a spiritual hunger. If you're looking for a great church that's on a mission to change the world one person at a time, I encourage you to check them out at www.elevateministries.com and on Instagram at Elevate Ministries. And if anybody is, you know, got the gift of gab or can get it for free and they did, why not on the other side? And, but you know, you got to be smart enough to know how to protect yourself from, you didn't. Did you learn that the hard way? Oh, 1,000 million percent without a shadow of a doubt. I can answer that question right away and say, yes, capitalized, bold letters highlighted. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just telling you, dog, like I learned a lot of stuff the hard way. And you know, some of these things, I never tell anybody you can't do it. You, you you can do anything. It might take you a year to do it, 10 years to do it, 30 years to do it. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, if you're on the same journey as I am trying to become an actor, let's say for an example, because that's my field, you don't want to pay me and you don't want steps that will progress that quicker. That's fine. I'm not saying you can't become an actor, but let me know what your journey is at the end because I would love to hear what it is you went through to find out what I found out. You know what I mean? Right. And I I say you could. It's like when you're doing real estate. You read a book that progresses your real estate. You don't have to make all the same mistakes that the book you're reading made. Because that the reason why you read that book is to progress to. I always believe that the student should become better than the teacher moving forward. Yeah. Because the student has learned everything the teacher had to give. Plus, they got their own personal experiences on top of that. Right. So every teacher should become better and better and better as we progress, 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 and move forward, forward, forward in life, life, life. Yeah, I think I, I think it goes back to that saying, uh, a wise man learned from his, his mistakes, but a wiser man learned from the mistakes of others. Bam. Right? There it is, dog. I mean, you summed up my, my saying, bro. Right, there it is, man. <laughs> now you're going to say that at the next podcast you go to. You got to. me, bro. You got me. But I, I, well, you I, know how it is. You collect gold nuggets everywhere in your life, and then it becomes your life. Let me let me ask you this, man. What what do you say to the – you you speak at a lot of churches, and I'm sure you get some naysayers out there, right, that say, well, how could you be in this movie and be a believer, right? I, I, I mean it, – it, I kind of think that you probably get that question a lot. Well, you were in this movie and you said you were saved. How how do you how do you validate that or how do you explain that to people? Yeah, well, someone got to play Judas and Jesus. That's number one. So I always start off like that. And then I'm going to tell you something. I had a personal experience. I did the purge part two, the anarchy. There's no God in that movie at all. But I'm going to tell you a real story, right? And I'll be real. You know, this is why I say I don't care anymore. I care, but I don't care, but I care. That's why I care less what Christians think, what people think. What You just got to care what God thinks. And if you know you're on the right path, and that's it. The one who has to see it and know it the most right. is God himself, which people can't see. And they're going to say, it goes back to the damned if you do, damned if you don't. So anyways, let me give you the deal on that. Number, number two, what I say. Number one is someone has to play Judas and Jesus. Number two is this. Don't do anything that's going to compromise your character. There's some roles I won't take. I won't play a gay guy. I won't play a child molester. This is after being saved, I thought, like this. Mind you. I didn't know some of this stuff before, right? So I've learned that there's certain roles that I won't do that won't compromise my character in real life is what I'm saying, right? But I did the purge part too. 
And I'll tell you a true story. I was trying to be strategic because there was no God on that set, mind you. <laughs> I only saw one, to, be, oh, honest, well, to be honest. Nice people. I'm not saying anything bad right, about right. people. Nice people, right. friendly people. They just didn't believe or, you know, whatever it was that they... But it was, it's a, it's but, but, but cool people, violent, cool people, crazy movie, cool people, whatever. So here's my whole point, right? True story. So I'm saved. I'm on set and I'm doing this, you know, excuse my French cricket ass roll, right? And I'm doing this roll, right? So what ends up happening is I'm on set and I'm trying to use strategy and wisdom to talk to Frank Grillo, um, some of the stars that are on that set. I, I, I was trying and I'm looking up at them like, how can I somehow, some way, strategically just drop a word of Jesus on him? Like, how can I finesse this and get in there? I was trying to find a way because I was on set for about a week and a half, right? But there's something that God showed me that I didn't even notice. The way that I was looking at them, some of the people that were down here were looking at me like I was them. Mm. And so God showed me something at this point. He said, I didn't put you on set to get them. I put you on set to get to the people that are looking at you like you're the star of the movie. So I started talking to some of the extras in the craft service and the wardrobe and some of those people. And I led four people to God on that set. Wow. And that's where God needs to be. You know, that's why Jesus was hanging out with the drug dealers, the prostitutes, the murderers, the thieves, the whatever. And that's what I learned, bro. So you got it. But I had the word of God in me. Right. To know the word of God, to know how to be able to release the word of God strategically and using wisdom. And I was like a, I was like a ticking time bomb in there. And, you know, just here, there, and there, I got this person. And I got that person. And then I got that person. And that's where God showed me, that's where I want you. I, I love that, man. I love and, that. Sometimes, and that's a true story. Sometimes we're trying to hit hot over here, and God's like, they're right in front of you. Exactly. And that was the moment that I realized, like, you know, so when people come and ask me that question, that's how I answer it. I can only tell them my truth of what God has put me in that situation and what I did and what I what was done. And I say, that's that's where I'm at, bro. Now, now you could take it or throw it in the trash. Now, you're going to think however you think. But I know where I'm at with God. And if you don't think that I'm there with God because I did A, B, and C, I get it. No argument. You know, we're all allowed to think how we want to think. And that's just how I handle that. So I, I so my I, point I, is, I think that's a good point. So my point is, I, I don't care what people think or say is my point. I'm so over. It. That's why I tell you, like, you don't got to go search on the Google for Noel G's dirt. You just ask me directly. I'll give you my dirt. I'll tell you straight up. I'm struggling. I got thorns in my flesh. I got some problems. You know what I mean? But I love God so much, you know, and you could hear the truth from a liar even though this guy is a liar, but he can tell you the truth at one point or another. But my point is when you hear the truth and you know the truth at that point, you know, the truth, no matter who it was from, but now you got to decide what you're going to do with the truth. Right. You get what I'm saying? I get you, man. So I get you. That's why I'm, I'm just on a heater, bro. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I've noticed that. I've been following you on Instagram for a minute. Yeah. I'm on a heater. I was like, I'm this letting guy's... it all out. You know, let me, let me ask you this, man. People look at Noel G and say, I can do that. Right? And they can. 100%. I, oh, oh, but 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 what I'm saying is they think that act that like you you're not maybe you're not acting. Maybe this is just who you are and it's easy. If I if I was put into that that position, 
I can do it too. How hard, how hard is acting for reals? I'll give you a, yeah, I'll give you a true story. So when we had suspect entertainment, we had a lot of gangsters who had the look all day long, but couldn't act for crap. And some of them, I'm just being real and straight up. Couldn't even read. And, you know, I always tell people, number one is if you want to be an actor, it's mandatory. You got to be a good reader. You, you, you should know how to read. You know, that's number one. But acting does require uh, some talent, skill, even if you're playing yourself. I'm playing myself and a lot of the movies that I do. So it comes real naturally and easy. But as far as memorizing and, you know, knowing how to read and all these different things, acting could be easy. Because you could do anything that you apply your mind to and anything that you study and get to want to master as long as you put the time and intimate time into it. Anybody can do it, but there's some people who think, I got the look and I could just walk in and do it. And no, you can't. And some can. And that's why I said again, that's why I'm back on this. If you don't know someone personally, you don't know who and can do what or not. And you don't know who's real and who's not until you know them personally. So I tell a lot of people like, the only way they can fail in life is if they quit in life. You never quit. You're never going to fail. You can do it. You will do it. But some might do it just like that, and some might take longer. I, 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 feel, that, I feel that the good actors kind of play themselves in every movie. And I'll give you – tell me if I'm right or wrong. This is my, my, my theory Your here. take, your take. Yeah, this is my take here. Go ahead. Okay? I feel Denzel is like – this, almost the same guy in every movie. Like, th- there's, a, there's a piece of that same guy of who he is. Another person all the time, Clint Eastwood. Like, like I know his, 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 his pilot, right? Ed. Pilot Ed, right? So I tell Ed, hey, t- tell your buddy Clint I, seen it, I saw the, the mule, right? And he goes, you know the funny thing about that? He doesn't even act. That's really who he is in real life. He's that character right there. And I always feel like the best actors... Like play like they they know their limitations. I don't, I wouldn't call it limitations. I, I I guess their role. The I best guess. way the best way to say it, bro, is different people, different individuals, different things. Because you got Leonardo DiCaprio, who went from Loan of Wall Street to The Revenant, and he's doing some you know fantastic things. Right. Titanic. So I mean that's why I said like just again it goes back to every person is their own individual. Okay. Some can, some can't, some do, some don't. Some you know will, but is it, but is like it good to know things, what you, know you what I mean? can do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? A, but, but you're good. People, what you're good at? But some people want to stretch themselves. Like me, I've been wanting to stretch myself. Like me, what does that mean I, though, for I, you? I want to. I, I want to play the role of a doctor. A, 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 would, a, what about a romantic role? You know, yeah, I, mean? I already got one in works okay, right now. I got. I want to see this. I got a movie that I'm writing <laughs> called Love Language, which is like a um, pretty woman. Okay, you know, true story of. Uh, there's some true elements in there. Okay, of what happened to me in real life. And so, yeah, I could play roles like that. I just And I always believe if no one gives you the opportunity, give the opportunity to yourself. So that's what I'm doing. I'm writing some of these movies to branch out and play some different roles that I've never played before. Uh, but because do we, I, because but do, I want to show a variety of like, oh, wow, he can do this, he can do that. But do you fall into the realm of, of, of the old stereotype? Oh, all day long. And right? I'll do that all day long because someone got to get it right for us. You know what I mean? Now, now there's a lot of people that are branching out and, you know, you're starting to see more of us out there. Thanks to social media, a lot more careers are flourishing and and happening and all this stuff. So, you know, it's great what's happening now with a lot of careers taking off. And all I can do is for the ones who are taking off, I could just hope that they have a right mindset and a right heart. That's what I hope for. Are are you of the, of the mindset, uh, 
that you get more Latinos into Hollywood and they should open up more opportunities for other Latinos. Are you in that realm? Because I know there's a lot of people I, I, that I used believe be, that. I used to be, bro, but now I'm in the mindset of this. I don't care what color or race you are. Right. I want to help anybody with a good heart. I don't care if you're Latino, white, black, you know, Chinese, Asian. I don't care if you're a UFO from space. I just want to help everybody with a good heart and a I right mindset, that. period, regardless of – because. Because you're not, I'll just you be real, bro. I, I'll be real, and this sucks to say. I'll be real, and this sucks to say, but I'm gonna be straight up and raw and real right here. And this sucks to say. I wish I didn't even have to say it like this, but I can only give the truth of what the truth is. I got further in this business because of white and black people. Mm. You know, straight up. I, I tried to help a lot of my own people, and those were the people I got cutthroat by the most to keep it 100 and real. But, what, you know, what do you think that is, though? Blows my freaking mind. But again, I don't put anything in a race category. Because that's like saying because one Latino did it, they all do no, it. No, yeah, yeah. You know, so I put it in an individual category. That's why, again, I go to why do I think that is? I don't know. It depends on the individual personally, regardless of what color or race they are. That's where I'm at. At first, I had this mindset where all I want to do is help Latinos, help Latinos. I did have that mindset. But because I got so cutthroat so much by my own people, now I don't have that mindset anymore. Now my mindset is I just want to help anybody who has a righteous heart and a correct mind, regardless of what color you are, period. And talent, right? And I mean, if, if all if, that if, ties if into it, all that, all that, all together, that ties right? into it. I, I think that goes back to, I mean, we, we had on, uh, who was I, who did I have on recently? Uh, oh, I had Marcellus Wiley, right? Fox sports news. We talked about affirmative action and how they shot that down, right? In the uh, college the colleges shot that down. Supreme Court shot it down. Didn't think it was a good idea for Harvard. Just you get to go there because you're a certain color. And then if you're if you're not, you know, you don't get no help or you, you, you won't get any extra points to get in there. Right. Shot that down. He was like, it's it, 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 it's not doing its purpose. It's doing the exact opposite. It's, it's not setting the bar high. Right. You're setting the bar low so you can help more people to get in. But you're not raising up nobody. You're not raising up your people. So I think. Uh, yeah, I'm probably the same thing. I, I I think the best person, best heart, best attitude, right? Hardest worker, get the job. Yeah. That's it. That's the way it should be. Regardless of, yeah, exactly. Let me ask you this, man. So acting, is is this an act? No LG. Because a lot of people say, well, he, he you know, he's not saved. Like he he acts saved. He's an actor. Right. And they throw that they throw that at you and they, they, you know, and they put it out there. Oh, this is just an act. You know, I had on uh, Mike Servin, right? The Jesus Jesus saves guy. Right. Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. He came and people thought he was like, this is one big act. But when he came here and like you said, the character, the off the mic, he's talking to us. Good time. It's it's who he is. You can just tell prayed for the for my family, you know, lifted us up. The coolest dude. And I told everybody, no, this guy's for real, man. Like, this is who he is. You get that a lot where people say, this is an act. He's oh, an actor. All, all day long. All day long. And you're never going to dodge that. You know, and again, that's why I said, even watching this podcast, you don't know if I'm telling the truth or not unless you know me personally. And that's just the bottom line. You can get all my good messages. You can get all my, you know, whatever I'm saying. You can take it or throw it in the trash. But until you know someone personally, you don't know anybody. And that's why I tell people, I don't fight that no more. I let people think what they think. What I do admit is I'm a Christian. I got struggles like anybody else. I'm not perfect in any way, shape, or form. I got some some demons that I'm still dealing with. Um, that has to do with my divorce. And, uh, you know, 
but that's why again i'm so but i'm an open book i've been telling people straight up straight out but you know i learned something from my pastor too you got to be careful of who you share your business with you know what i'm saying and that's that's also at the same time also as well so there's all these components and that's why i said if you don't know someone personally you really don't know jack diddley squat so people who think i'm an act i don't argue that no more i even put a post on my instagram uh recently where i said i don't got time to argue with idiots no more because I don't. Before, I used to defend myself and, you know, talk. and what it, Now I'm like. Watch all the when comments. It, when it happens in person, I'll just deal with it then and there. The way it goes down, it goes down. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't say what you're going to do in any situation until you're in that situation. So, But what I tell people now is, no, I'm not an act. This is my real heart speaking because of my life experience. And that's why I tell people, I just don't care anymore. You don't got to ask for dirt on the well. Gee, I'll just tell you straight up what the dirt is. You know what I mean? And that's just, it is what it is. I just, I don't know how to say it other than I don't care anymore. Do you ever get the opposite end of that? Where guys come up to you and say, you're an actor. What's up, fool? <laughs> they, 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 I got, they, don't know, think, they don't think you're from the from the neighborhood uh, or from the street, right? I, and, then, a, and they're trying to challenge you like, this guy's only playing a gangster, but he's never been a gangster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that too. I, I mean... You get pretty much all of it, bro. Like, nothing surprises me anymore. You know what I'm saying? But I've got that a couple times. Almost got into some fights because someone wants to act stupid and knuckle up. But, you know, it's funny. This is what acting has taught me too, right? So before, I used to think rappers were a bunch of girls because how are you going to rap about the streets and rap about drugs and rap about being a gangster but have security with you? (laughs) But fast forward, I learned that they need security. You know why? Because they can't fight every Tom, Dick, and Harry who works at Walmart, hates his job, hates his life, wants to start a fight with this guy, so he gets punched in the face, so he sues him for a million dollars. So they need security because you can't fight every fight. You get what I'm saying? Right. And that's what I've learned, man. That's why I don't fight every fight anymore. I just, you know, if it happens in person, what's going to happen is, is going to happen and go down. But now, and even God himself says, tell him once, tell him twice, and the third time, let it go. Rub it off your shoulder, whatever. So I just don't. I just tell them once, twice. The third time, it just is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I. I that's why I said, again, it just goes back to I don't care anymore. <laughs> I really don't, dude. I don't. I don't. I'm at a point where I just, I just don't care. I don't know how to say it other than like that. Man, I just you, don't care. I am who I am. What I'm saying on the podcast is real. But again, for the listeners, they would not know if it's real until you know me personally. Right. And that's why you know I seen some actors. For example, look. When so, I don't want to like bring this up, but I'm gonna bring it up. Whatever, I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm just when when COVID happened. Okay, I'll tell you what I love about COVID. A lot of true colors came out in people. Right, one hundred percent. But it's like this, like high school days. The people who were creating COVID and slash vaccine and all that were playing victim to what they created. Because it was like, oh, no, it's bothering us, too, and it's hurting us, too. But, dude, you're the ones creating it. But, of course, you got to play victim because if we really knew who was, you know, creating it, you probably would have been attacked or right. smothered or snipered out or shot or, or a missile. would have. So you got to play victim. So what I'm saying is a lot of people, it's funny. I've seen people come out and speak, and they're the ones who are doing it. Hmm. But no one knows that because they don't know the behind the scenes like I do on some of the people. You see that now. And then I find out, dude, you're playing victim, but 
You're the one causing it, bro, and I know that. Right. So how are you going to play victim to something that you're doing? Right. You ain't a victim, homie. You're benefiting off of this, but you can't tell the people that. Well, you're selling the sickness. Because they know. You're, you're creating the sickness to sell the cure. Or whatever. <laughs> whatever, right? And you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's why, that's why I said, dude, unless you know people personally or involved in this situation personally, you don't know a damn thing. So that's why me now, I'll be real with you. When I see podcasts, interviews, the news, magazine articles, I don't believe nothing no more. <laughs> Unless I know them personally or were involved in I don't right. I don't know what to believe anymore. And now, you know what I believe? I only believe what I was involved with personally or no personally. Why? Because I was there personally to know that truth. And the only truth that doesn't change is God's truth. And the more and more that's getting exposed and the more and more that you know God, you're able to see a lie right away. But the other people who don't know God are sold by it mm. because it sounds so fascinating. Because it sounds so intriguing. It sounds, oh my God, what a wonderful person that is. But I see the lie and the wonderfulness because I know God's word to know Oh, you sound sweet, homie, but I caught your lie and what you're trying to sound sweet to the world about. Do you get what I'm saying, bro? I get what you're saying. Like, I'm telling you, geez, some people don't get this stuff, and that's why younger generation or people who don't know the Word of God, you need to catch on quick, man, because some of you getting played and you don't even know it. you loving people who you shouldn't be loving. You're loving things mm. that you shouldn't be loving. You're loving things that are taking you in a downward spiral that's going to destroy you later. Because you don't know the truth of God. And I think a lot of Christians nowadays too, bro, I'm just going to say it straight up, are wimps. We need some godsters out there. That's why I say instead of keeping a gangster, keep a godster. We need some godsters on the front line because men are just becoming little girls, bro. Mm. Do, you th- do you think that's why God's called more guys from the neighborhood, from the street to make an impact? Because they were already tough. In that realm, right? They become saved. Maybe some of them do get a little soft. There's such a fine line of, like, tough love, though. You know, because it's... And that's why I said again, bro, I I just don't know how many times I could say it. I don't know who's who anymore, bro. Mm. I watch podcasts. Like, I I don't... Unless I know... I I just don't know who's who and what's what. So that's why now I just... I hear people talk. But I think that's good and and bad. And people, people might be on a podcast and they say something, for example... And I might get a gold nugget off of them or another gold nugget. But because I know God's word, and I don't know everything. I don't know every, Even when I die, I don't know everything. But because I know God's word, I'm like, ooh, that one was good, what you said. But that one, I don't know, bro. <laughs> That's a little sketch, homie. Right. I think, I think there's a fine line there, you know, where you really have to uh, take into context what people are saying and line it up with the word. Doesn't doesn't make sense. Sometimes you got you you can you can take a bite of that watermelon, but then you're gonna have to spit out some of the God, seeds. God said it best, bro. If you don't know God's truth, the bottom line is you'll be manipulated, deceived, right. tricked. You won't be able to see the truth. And that's the culture and that's we live what, in right and, now. And and the devil himself knows God's word. You gotta remember that too. Yeah. He knows the playbook. When 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 the Antichrist arises He's going to come off so smooth and so gift to gab. And if, which is so easy now, right? And, and he's going to create that <laughs> false peace and everything. 
And if you were to talk against them, you're done, homie. But that's which, is, which is so crazy, especially with, with, with young people. They're so influenced by a post. They won't do their own research. They'll, they'll take a post and they'll believe it for, for, for gospel, basically, right? I have, a, I have a friend of mine. She's a, she's a therapist, and she deals with kids. And she told me something the other day that was like, wow. Like, But again, you know, each individual has a different story. But for this particular story, she has a girl who's 13 years old, wants to commit suicide because she doesn't look like the girls and the models on Instagram. And she believes that that's the way she needs to look. That's the way she needs to be. But that's what, you know, social media and a lot of other stuff is doing to our kids. Now, that's just one kid. Other kids might not think like that, might think she's a fool, that's wrong. But, you know, I get it. That's why I said there's a lot of kids. Everyone like is an individual case. Social media is good and bad, computers is good and bad. It's the curse and the blessing or whatever. But, you know, at some point, God's word has to override what the world. Once you say anything that is against the government, you have become an enemy of the government. Sure. Nowadays. And you got to sure. know where the government's word at and where God's word is at. And you got to let God's word override what you know is just not right in the world. And the day that that starts happening and the day that you really do that, that's the day that you're going to find out you're not the most popular person and you're going to find out that your world is going to be tougher than what you think it is already. You're going to lose some people too in and, your life. And, and, and that as well. But when you know who you're dying for, and that's where I'm at. See, I know who I'm dying for, and that's why I don't care anymore. I'm ready to die. I don't want to die. I'm not saying I want to die, of course, but I'm just saying if I was to die today... I'm okay with it because I know who I'm dying for and where I'm going. Mm. And that's why I don't care anymore. And that's why I'm speaking up on Instagram. That's why I'm talking the way I'm talking. But if you notice how I do it, I do it in a tough, loving way, but a straight up way. Right. I do it straight up, straight out, but in love and respect. And I still get bashed for it. Do I care? Hell no. You know what, that, you know what actually the hate is doing to me more to keep it real? It's making me want to do more. Fueling the fire. Exactly, bro. Hey, man, let me ask you this. What kind of father is Noel G? I am a terrible father to my third kid, trying to work that out. My first and second kid, I'm a good dad. My uh, daughter, when she was born, this is what I'm straight up about. This is why I don't care. I put this on Front Street because I learned. I was always a good father financially because I had money, and that was never a problem. My moms, they got their child support checks. <laughs> but... <laughs> I didn't know how to be a good father emotionally until I started learning the word of God. Was that because so, you, 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 your parents split up early, right? Yeah. Well, no, that was just, I don't blame it on that. It's because I was just a knucklehead and didn't care and I cared to party oh, So more. you know what you were supposed to do, but you just didn't do it. Exactly. Okay. I was just acting a fool, wilding out, doing my thing because partying was more important to me, straight up. And, and making my next paycheck was more important to me. When I got to know the word of God... That's when I became a good father financially and emotionally. My third kid, that's a whole nother story because the mom, and that's not an excuse, but I gotta, that's one that I got to deal with that is probably going to come up when I least expect it, and I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Man, that's real. Yeah. I think that's real. Uh, I mean, I, I'm straight up. I don't care. Like I said, bro, like to sum it up and just give you the, the quick, 
I was always a good father financially. I did not know how to be a good father emotionally until I accepted God into my life, started getting to know God. And then I was a good father financially and emotionally after receiving Jesus Christ and knowing his word. I think that's great, man, because I think there's a lot of fathers out there who quit on fatherhood, whether because they say it's too late or they make an excuse. Obviously, you didn't make an excuse. You just said, hey, I I was doing my thing. So I think there's a lot of dads out there that it speaks to because I talk to a lot of fathers and they, they, they'll they say, you know, they'll blame everything and everybody for their for their faults. Right. Instead of taking the blame and being like, OK, I got, I got to figure a way to make this right. You're going to be this kid's dad for the rest of your life. It can change. Right. If, if, if your kid's 18 years old and you live another 25 years, there's 25 years you could try to be a better dad. And I think a lot of people give up on that, man. Yeah. And again, that's why it goes back to the individual. Every individual has a different story. And until you know the story personally, you don't you don't know what you know until you know what you know. That's dope. Let me let me switch gears on you, man, because I know right now your industry is hurting. Right? It's it's it, there's a strike going on. Explain maybe the gist of what this strike is all about. Demonic in one word, man. Uh, basically, they want robots to take over, and I, as 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 absurd and ridiculous and as crazy as that sounds, that's the truth. Um, how they, how could they take over? So your that's role? what that's what we're fighting. So basically, and man, and this is another reason why I say the personally thing. I don't want to like repeat it, repeat it, but I could basically. Make you put you in a room on camera cheating on your wife. Show your wife the video. Say, that's your husband right there. And she wouldn't even know the difference that it's not you or you. Because that's how real it looks. And I can discredit you. I can I can hurt your reputation. So, it's, so it's not just a Hollywood thing. We're I, talking about burning somebody's I, reputation, or I'm saying where if, this I'm saying where this can go. If the government I'm uses saying, that for, I'm saying this is where this can go, yeah, and that's, that's why. That's wild. Your wife would have to know you so good, right? That she would be the only one to be able to see the glitch or the whatever to know that ain't my husband. That's scary. But she wouldn't know unless she knows you personally to know. That's demonic. And I can, that's what I'm saying, and that's where the world's going, bro. And that's why I said, this is why it's so important to get to know God. You know, me and my homeboys. So you guys are fighting me and my homeboys, Yeah, me and my homeboys, we had a saying before this A1 even started. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it back. This is from 1997, just so we're clear. <laughs> but we used to say, uh, when we were doing crimes together, we said, this is how good I got to know you. If I'm going to do a crime with you, this was before AI. That's 1997. It could even be 96. I said, if I'm going to do a crime with you, what's the first thing the cops do when they pull us over? They split us up. want to see if we're telling the same stories. So if the cop comes back and says, yo, Street Gospel Podcast, they said, where you stole the car, where you hid the money, how you got in the bank, where you were going, what you were going to do with the money. He already told us everything. So you might as well give it up. 
I got to know you so damn good that I can look the cop in the face and say, I know you're lying because I know my homeboy that good. He wouldn't have ratted me out. Mm. That's how good I got to know you. And that's what it is now, bro. That's how good you got to know someone to know that whatever's being said to you or whatever, you know I'm that good to know that the other one's lying, that the podcast is lying, that the news is lying, that the article's lying or whatever. Because if you don't know them personally, you don't know what the truth is, real real talk. So who's pushing for the AI? Uh, that I don't know the details of that, but the problem is... Is it like the studios because they'll save money? or uh, Again, I don't know the details of that, but yes, it is to save money. It's all about power, control, and greed. And basically what they're doing now is they can make a whole movie with computerized, generalized people. Generized. Uh, computerized, generalized story, people. No, no. Everything, right? Generalized meaning everything. like, you know, like, I don't even know what generalized means, but like. No, no, no. Computer, I, yeah, okay, computer. No, no, no. We, there's an example They can right make now. a whole movie with fake people. Indiana Jones. Yes. With, with, with Harrison Ford. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in there. There's no way that 80-year-old dude could do. Exactly. So I'm just But making, it looked really good. I know. And that's and and they haven't even and this is the worst part. It looked really they haven't even perfected it yet. Right. It, it, this is still getting better over the years. This is but. still getting perfected. So, you know when they do like a um, baseball scene at a at a stadium. Right. Back in the days, they had to use real people in the audience, but every real person that was there knew that they were in a movie and they had to get paid. Well, I just found out a way to save you money. Now I can computerize all those people. They'll look just as real, just as good. And guess what I just did? I just saved you $100,000. Now you don't got to pay $100,000 out and $100 to each person. It's crazy, man. And that's where it's at, bro. And that's why, you know, this is where the world is going. That's why the computer's a curse and a blessing at the same time. And, you know, they got the self-checkouts at Walmart and all this stuff that's going on. It's just slowly taking people out. Right. And what's that going to do? It's going to cause desperation. And what's desperation going to do? People are going to rob you for a cheeseburger. They ain't even going to rob you for money no more. It's going to be then it it's going to be like the wild wild west. Turns into control. It's going to go back to the cowboy days, and that's why I believe we're in the end times. Um, and it's funny because a lot of people said this. We had this discussion about a week ago. A lot of people say, "Oh man, the end times were discussed twenty years ago." You said it would happen then, and you said the end times were ten years ago, and you said the end times were thirty years ago. The end times been being talked about for years, but yeah, let me tell you the difference though. We didn't have computers back then the way that it was discussed back right. then. This is really yeah the end times because of the computers and the way that it's going. So no. This is not like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago no. when the end times was discussed back then. This is a new time. This is really could be it because of the computers and what's happening. So right. a, a simple thing. When I, I've been saved all my life, right? When we were a kid. I couldn't tell, bro. No, I'm just kidding. God. I'm kidding, bro. I'm kidding, bro. I'm kidding, bro. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, you're judging me. I had, to, I, had to crack, <laughs> I had to crack a joke in here somewhere. I'm like, where are we laughing at, bro? So the thing is. This is been like a very serious <laughs> podcast. So I was like, where's the joke at? I know. We'll, Go ahead. We'll get to some fun. But like you're saying, when I was a kid, we, we used to talk about the mark of the beast, right? And we used to think, what is what is it, what is that? And we would say, well, maybe it's a tattoo of a, of a barcode on you. They'll tattoo a barcode on you, right? You know, the, the Jews had. Their, their, their number tattooed on them. We we're thinking like maybe it's a barcode. Now <laughs> it's just an implanted chip in, in your forehead or on your arm. And we see that in some countries they, you can go and scan and all your information is on that little chip that they put in your hand. 
Yep. So, I mean, it, it, it is different than it was. 100%. And that's why, you know, the manipulation of the chip is insane because if you do not cooperate with the government or do what the government says, all they got to do is turn that chip off and you can't go buy food. You're done. And you're done. It's crazy. Man. So people are going to, and you know where it's really going to kill people is when they can't feed their kids. Yeah. A lot of people are going to give in because of stuff like that. And it's just going to get ugly. And that's that's what's happening in our world today. It's getting slowly uglier and uglier and uglier. For people who don't see it, didn't see it, COVID was a setup. The vaccine was a setup. And I, and I trip out on people who are like, I didn't have a choice. I had to get a vaccine or else I lost my job. No, you did have a choice. You could have not got the vaccine and lost your job. That's another choice. But whatever choice you make, the consequences come with that choice. So no judgment. No judgment on anyone. I'm just giving an example right. of don't ever think you don't have a choice. Right. You got free will. You always got a choice. But whatever choice you make, either way you go, there's just a consequence of that choice with whatever choice you decided. Man. True. 1,000%. Hey, let's have a little fun here. About time. All right, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, you started going in for the I'm, jump. So I'm, I just followed your lead, I'm playing, man. Dog, I'm playing, dog. I'm playing. <laughs> I was looking for comedian Noel G to pop up. I'm playing. I'm playing. Okay, so you started. I don't know how long you've been doing it, but you start. You got into a whole new thing, comedy. No, no, I just do that for fun on the side. I'm I not, know, but I'm not even that good at it. So okay, when but I started, comedy is tough. It is, it is. For some people, it's not. For some people, it is. That goes back to the individual thing. But we're talking about me today. Yeah, it's tough. I ain't going to lie for me. Um, when I first started acting, it was crazy because at the time when I was really trying to progress in it, I was doing a comedy, rapping, and acting. And I said, whatever one takes off first, that's the one I'm going to roll with. It was acting. So I ride it with that. And that's it. So the comedy, I just do for fun here and there just to have fun and mess around. But... I ain't taking it seriously. I just do it to get on stage, keep my face out there like a little moving headshot. I just do it for fun, and that's pretty much it. So, so are you? Are, are, what type of comedian are you? Are you the story type comedian? Are you the a quick, little bit of all? A little you bit the of quick all. joke type comedian. A little bit of all. I'm, I'm Baskin Robbins. I'm 31 flips. <laughs> do you, do you get people? Do people take you seriously as a comedian when you uh, get out there? No, some do, some don't. Again, that's an individual thing. What they think or don't think. <laughs> But, yeah, some do, some don't. It is what it is. I really don't care. Like I said, I just do it for fun, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I see people booking you. Yeah, no, no, it's good. Um, sometimes uh, they, quote, unquote, want the face, you know, so I get the booking, and let's go. It's cool. How, yeah. how, how long is your is your set? I can only do about 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, because, again, I'm not, was never taking it serious. I just do it to have fun, get out there, and, you know, meet some people, and, and, uh, do you prep? I'm a people's person. Do you prep? No, because I got the same. So you just go out there and freestyle? No, no, no. I got the same jokes same everywhere jokes. I go. Yeah, because. You bag on people in the audience? Sometimes. It depends. <laughs> you know, every situation is different. So whatever happens in that situation is what happens in that situation. I mean, if you see somebody in the front a, row. But I got a mixture of everything. Sometimes I, I clown the crowd. Sometimes I do what I say. Sometimes you get a heckler and you got to stop your set because you got to shut this guy up. Do you, how, so how do you deal with the heckler? Stuff like that. I mean, I just put him on blast and, you know, you want to roll, let's roll. And, like, two homies talking crap to each other. <laughs> All right. A two, two, couple more things. I've noticed two things about you, man. One, 
because you go to uh, a good friend of mine's church, Pastor Mark Amaya in Whittier, right? Uh, no Mark for at least Pastor Mark for 35 years. Good friend of my dad. Uh, you've always served in his church. Yeah. You've always did stuff for young people in the church for, for, for a long time. Where does that come from? I've been at his church since uh, 2008. And um, the church that he's still my pastor today. That's still the church that I'm at. Um, I go off and on, you know, I don't go as much as I used to uh, to keep it 100 because of how busy I got. And most of my events are on weekends, which sucks. So, but um, I uh, got into helping young people because at the time that I was married with my wife, the youth in our church was not great. And I had a real heart for the youth and I wanted to do something because I used to go around to a lot of different churches and I used to share my testimony and I saw a lot of their youth programs and I took a piece here and a piece there and a piece there. And I brought all these different pieces from all these different churches and I brought it all as one to our church. And I said, Hey, I think I got an idea for the youth ministry that we could really turn this around here. And basically what the idea was, was to use Hollywood as the bait, but they did not leave the building without knowing Jesus Christ. And it worked, and our church uh, youth ministry grew overnight, became very successful, and, uh, you know, my biggest drug is helping people. That's my biggest yeah, drug, straight I, up, I straight out. I've seen that. I, I want to be like the Patch Adams of Hollywood. So that's my biggest drug, is just helping people. I understand that my platform is not for me, it's for him. And sometimes I think, bro, that God put me... And some of these movies in my earlier days for what's to come now because of how much more it's needed now. So to use my quote unquote, whatever you want to call it, to do what's meant to be done now. Because nowadays I see so many people compromising their character of who they are for fame and for hits. I'm guilty of it myself. But what I'm saying is I've seen people take it to a whole nother level because they're chasing the fame so hard. And I think God was like, I already gave you what. You need to do what I need you to do now. And that's why I don't care if I lose my career also as well. Because I think I quote unquote have enough of it to do more so God's work. And that's why I don't care if I lose Hollywood, bro. Mm. Lastly, you're always positive, man. Every time I've seen you, everybody speaks very highly. Richard Rodriguez was on the podcast. I know him. Uh, uh, Lil Mark. I, I love people, bro. I, mean, I love the tough ones. Always, I try to love even the tough ones. Always positive, though, bro. <laughs> and you didn't come from a lot of positivity, especially when you're younger. No. But how, how, did, how do you stay positive? How, how come you're positive? I can only tell you God, man. That's it. God is what grounded me. And I was always, you know, in the streets, all you have is your word. You know what I'm saying? So in the streets, man, if you're not a man of respect and you're not a man who does what you say, a man of integrity, you ain't a real G. You know what I'm saying? Straight up, straight out. So... I just brought that. I always told people this too, bro. I used to tell someone that I said, even if you're saved or not saved, you should know how to respect. Saved or not saved. And that's just what I've always been about. I always tell people, bro, you never have to meet Noel G part two if you're never uncool to part one. <laughs> You'll never know a Noel G part two exists unless you treat noel g part one a certain way you'll meet noel g part two quick that's dope that's just how i tell me so i just i just i, I tell people because I, I don't like the cliche of 
Um, don't give up. Never quit. People say that a lot. And that's true. But tell people how not to quit and how not to give up. Or how to get back up. Or whatever. Yeah. And so I tell people, you know how you do it? It's so simple. Just be a person of integrity. Be someone who does what you say. And you know what happens when you are someone who does what you say? People just want to do favors for you. Because they like you. Because they know they could trust you. And that's just what I go by. So I tell people, man, like, if you're positive and you're a person of integrity and all these different things, people just like you. And when they like you, they just want to do favors for you because you're a real one. And real ones are hard to find. I had a guy say it like this to me best, and I'll end with this. I had a guy on this sub, unless you got more questions, but I had a guy say it to me like this one time. He said, you know what happens if you're one of these people? Say you're one of these people and you come to work and you're like this. I'm sorry I forgot to make that phone call you told me to make. I'm sorry I'm late. I'm sorry I didn't set up the camera. I'm sorry I messed up your podcast. I'm sorry I forgot to do that email you told me to do. You know what happens? You just become a sorry worker. And no one wants to work with sorry workers. Mm. Good stuff, man. Just be someone who just be someone who simply does what you say you're going to do. And if your strength in, is not in that area, just tell them straight out. Hey, look, G, I'm good for this over here, but I heard what you said. That's not my strength. I don't even know how to mess with that. I can't even do it. <laughs> I ain't even going to bring it the way you want. But if you put me in this area, oh, I'll bring it because that's my cup of tea. That's where, I, that's where I'm good at. I love that, man. Hey, we do one last thing. Go ahead. I'm with. I'm. I'm here, dog. We do. We, we do look one last thing on the on the podcast, man. We do. Let's we do. Go, let's go. What, what, you like this? I'm, I like this, this, this right this, here. These bottled waters. You like that? That's tight, bro. This, this is what we call this. We call this the Furious Five. Okay. And it's not just Furious because you're here today. Uh, Obviously not. But we've always called this five Furious questions, really quick that we that we want you to answer. I, wrote, I, I did my little list right here. Fire! Fire! Fire them to me. Let's go. Shoot! Shoot! Question number one for Noel G on the Street Gospel Furious Five. Is there any role that you didn't get or that you passed up that you're like, dang, man, I wish I would have got that? Oh, a lot. All day long. There's a lot of roles. One that just burns. A lot of roles that I wish I would have had that I didn't get. Um, And uh, I don't even know. The answer is yes, but I don't know what particular project, but the answer is yes. There's a lot of roles like, damn, I wish I would have got that one, but it just didn't go my way, and it is what it is. Man. You just got to push on and go for the next. Question number two on the Street Gospel Furious Five. And this is solely not political, not street, but straight movie acting-wise. American me are blood in, blood out. Blood in, blood out. Really? Yeah. I thought the acting was better in American Me. I like both movies, man. But because you told me to be decisive and just choose one, I, know. I would watch Blood and Blood okay. Out over I mean, American Me all day long. But I love them both. Going back to it's based on the individual. There you go. 100%. There it is. Get up, Chucky. <laughs> Question number three on the Street Gospel, Furious Five. If you weren't an actor and could be anything else, what would it be? Career-wise. That's a good one, man. You know, it's kind of funny, like, acting saved my life in a way, man. Because before becoming an actor, I really had no goal to be this or that. 
I didn't have a career. I didn't even know where I was headed, where I was going, what I was doing. I saw really no future, to be honest. So acting saved my life in a way where, like, even being in the movies to this day, I'm like, I can't even believe I'm doing this stuff. Like, where my life is went and is, I'm, I'm still tripping to this day, straight up, straight out, to be 100% honest with you. So if it wasn't acting and something else, I would want to be someone that helps people, I think. But I don't know if I could have said that as a younger individual because I didn't think that way until I started getting to know God. So it's changed. So it, it it's changed. You know, I'll be real with you, bro. You want real, raw, and gritty? Before God, I wanted to be like Hugh Hefner. I just wanted to have a mansion, a million dollars in my bank account, in my bank account, a bunch of cars, and a thousand women. Mm. And that was it. And that's how I wanted to die. But getting saved, fast forward, now all I want to do is bring people to the Word of God. Amazing. And make movies for God that are raw, gritty, and real. Like blood in, blood out, but with the twist of Jesus. Okay. Menace to society, but with Ooh. the twist of Jesus. Boys in the hood, but with the twist of Jesus. A Friday movie, but with the twist of Jesus. That would be dope. And those are the movies that I want to make, and I just want to bring people to God. So I really don't got an answer for that, man. I, The young me, I had no career idea. Fast forward, I'd probably want to be a police officer. Maybe that. It's dope. All right. I mean, that's real. Yeah, yeah. Question number four on the street, Gospel Furious 5. Dickies or 501s? Dickies. Dickies. All day long, yeah. Dickies, Dickies. Because I just, I still wear Dickies this day, bro. So, yeah, Dickies. All day. <laughs> I don't even think I have a pair of 501s to keep it real, man. I, I, I mean, I did wear 501s, but it was mainly Dickies. Dope. Last question on the street, Gospel Furious 5. Biggest regret. Getting a divorce with my wife. Mm. That's 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 long gone. It's never it never no, can come back. No, it, yeah, it's gone. It, it'll. I hurt her too much. There's no way to rekindle. I tried, and yeah, it's just it's a mess now. But um, I just did my last post at that time in 2015. Wanted to commit suicide. That's how down and out I was. Mm. I was. I thought I thought my life was done. I thought it was over. And the only thing that saved me from not committing suicide is not taking that gamble on committing suicide because not knowing if I would go to hell or heaven. And the only thing that stopped me from doing it was God. So my biggest regret in my life was hurting my wife. Mm. And I learned a lesson out of that. I tell guys this now. One of the biggest lessons I learned out of that, I say, if you got a girl who's down for you, 100% about you, and truly has your back, don't be an idiot and lose that woman. Because I did it, and it hurt, and it was hard to come out of. I'm better now because it happened eight years ago, but it's still a tough thing to deal with. From time to time, it haunts me. Wow. That's real, man. I give it real. I don't care. Like I told you, I don't care. So I don't care what none of you guys think who listen to the podcast. I just share my truth, and hopefully my truth can help push you forward into your truth to do better in your life and make better decisions in your life. And hopefully accept God because God could turn your disorder into order and make your life way better like he did mine. He could pull anyone out, but you got to give him that attention and you got to want to have him pull you out to pull you out. Because if you don't allow that, I always say without God, I always say good luck. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming out, bro. 
I uh, I respect you, man. I, I like your realness, keeping it 100. I mean, a lot of people don't do that, but uh, definitely, you're a real one, bro. No, all love, man. Thank you for having me out, bro. Street Gospel Podcast in the house. You already know what time it is. Give it a listen, man. This guy is raw, gritty, and real the way I like it. That's my style right there. So uh, keep on listening. Subscribe. Let's go. Let's Come go. get it. And I always say these last words. Instead of keeping it gangster, keep it godster. I used to be a gangster for the world, but now I'm a godster for Jesus. And if you do this one thing, this very one thing, I promise you this. And these will be my last words. I always say God first and the rest will work itself out. Much love. Much love, man. We appreciate everybody out there. God bless. We out.